You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes. Hi guys and welcome back to Stage Door Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, talking all things suddenly the musical, we would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of this land on which we work, live and record, and recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community. We pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging. Eliza, take it away with the bulletin. We are very excited to see Tony Award-nominated show Jagged Little Pill coming to Australia this year. It will mark the first production outside the US, opening in September at Sydney's Theatre Royal. Tickets will be on sale in May, but you can go on the waitlist now at www.jaggedmusical.com. This week, the cast of Moulin Rouge was announced. Headed the cast are Alinta Chidzi, Des Flanagan and Simon Burke. We can't wait to see this phenomenal cast take the stage from August 13th. If you want to grab tickets, head to moulinrougemusical.com. The Toy Choir has opened applications to girls in Sydney aged from 9 to 14 who want to learn how to sing, write songs and play the ukulele as part of the cross-age ensemble running classes throughout the 24th of April to the 19th of June, every Saturday from 10am to 12pm at the National Arts School, Darlinghurst. Founded and directed by Danielle O'Keefe, Toy Choir is an independent youth ensemble dedicated to the development of young artists in singing, songwriting and performance. The Toy Choir has played at Sydney Festival, worked with Sydney Chamber Opera, opened Mardi Gras, facilitated workshops in regional New South Wales for budding songwriters of all ages, flash mobbed all over Sydney and released their own Toy Choir EP of original music. For more information, visit www.thehousethatdanbuilds.com slash toy dash choir. Back to you, Tori. In today's episode, we are joined by director, co-writer and composer Geordie Race Coldry alongside Dean Guild, the creative producer and co-writer behind the new filmed musical Suddenly. This new musical is one of the first original stage musicals created for the screen. Suddenly has been designed for camera in a thrilling new way, unifying the scale and electricity of live performance with the nuance of and intimacy of theatre. 
The musical centers around a stretched relationship between a mother, Lindsay, and her daughter, Max, when it reaches its breaking point, pushing Max to leave. Following her into the subway, the pair find themselves in separate carriages of a train which experiences an engine failure, causing a complete halt. Unaware of how long they'll be trapped, they are forced to confront the issues causing their rift. The film comes out tomorrow, April 30th. Please welcome to the mic, Dean and Geordie. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for being here. I don't think I've heard the description said like that before. And so now I'm just like really amped for what will be tomorrow. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I think everyone's, um, you're here. I think, especially with something so short, like a a 30 minute musical, you have a couple lines of description and you can't say much more. So it leaves everyone... (laughs) wanting more and, and, and intrigued. Yeah, that, that was a great intro. We're very excited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we are as well, and we can't wait to chat to you guys today about everything suddenly, especially because it is really a quite innovative new work that everyone's been, you know, we've gotten little trickles of, we've got the trailer a couple of weeks ago or a couple of days ago, I'm not sure how long, and that was absolutely thrilling, and now people are on the edge of their seats just waiting to get to hear this new musical. Um, so how how have you guys been? How are, how is Melbourne treating you? Yeah, we've been pretty good. Um, we yeah, I guess we've both been pretty busy with everything suddenly related over the last few weeks with the release and everything. And we actually filmed the show in December last year, so it's mm-hmm. been a lot of um, post production stuff the first half of this year. And yeah, now really excited to get it out there. That is brilliant. We we can't wait either. And tomorrow is the day, so we will be tuning in. And it's on YouTube, is that correct? Yes, fully free for everyone, anywhere, anytime to watch from tomorrow. <gasps> oh, we love that. That's crazy. <laughs> Theatre is not free anymore, especially during the pandemic. But, like, being able to watch it, and I think Eliza and I were talking about the fact that I think this is – I honestly – think this will be a phenomenon because there is literally nothing like it and not only it's not just like a musical that you've created and it's then been filmed no it was something specifically Mm. created for film and for that cinematic experience which is it's I may be wrong but it's like the first of its kind which is so exciting yeah we certainly haven't been able to find anything like it so I think that's what's really exciting for us as well yeah it was such a big part of when we were developing it we couldn't watch something to as we watched a lot for inspiration from different places but there was nothing exactly or similar to it that we could think oh we can use this from here and this from here but we were just really like yeah there was no rule book yeah no guidebook so we got to have a lot of fun and experiment with all different kind of ideas and everything so it was literally just your brainchild of what you together as a team created and what was the inspiration behind creating this show um yeah so I guess I'll take it back um to when we all started (laughs) it was basically yeah um around so like when the pandemic kind of first started I was meant to be doing a producing internship in New York So it was about three weeks till I was meant to go and everyone decided that the world is going to shut down now. Um, So that hasn't happened yet. But basically when that was all cancelled and everything, um, I just decided that I'm 
obviously still really passionate about all of this. And I wanted to just kind of dive in and see what would happen, not expecting much, of course, because we were just starting a pandemic and no one was doing anything. Um, But then it was around our second lockdown in Melbourne that I finally approached and then begged Jordy to help me on this. (laughs) Um, And eventually... Here he is, fortunate enough, but he said yes. Um, and yeah, we've I kind of had this idea of a five-minute thing about um, this one event that changes a whole bunch of people's lives, obviously very telling of the time. Mm. Um, yes. But then it kind of turned into this 10-minute thing and now this 30-minute experience of theatre on film that, um, yeah, completely evolved from this random idea that then Geordie and I collaborated and made this specific story that we're telling now. That is very exciting. And obviously, um, throughout the process, you would have had to do workshops. What was that like? Did you workshop the musical? Yeah. So, I mean, I think most shows have a really long development period. Um, and And because of COVID and because of the the nature of our very long days locked at home <laughs> it meant that I think time kind of really slowed for us and, and and we were able to do a lot of developments and and workshops in a shorter period of time than you normally would because we just had mm. access to more people and access to more time than you, you normally would so we did um workshops and readings with which started off just with our music supervisor and choreographer who were just kind of giving some feedback as we were starting off and then we brought on a dramaturg Aiden Khan who was really um really awesome for us um being able to balance off of someone else as well um and then we opened it up to bigger audiences as well and and had and had other peers come in and give bigger feedback sessions and um, it just kind of kept developing and developing until the last minute. Um, <laughs> we really, I, I think we have a running joke that it's never really done. Um, and so we just <laughs> keep tweaking, keep changing. Even on the shoot, we'd be like, oh, let's change this line. Why not do whatever, you know? So yeah. it kind of stuff like this really, really keeps going and developing especially on film because when once you get into the editing room you can still Mm. edit um scenes and cut out lines and add in add in extra lines and all of that but um yeah long story short we did lots and lots of development for it and the show is what it is because of that we started off with a product that was very different to what we've ended with and I kind of think as well that being on zoom specifically at the beginning shaped that Mm. a lot because it was ultimately something that was going to be presented on screen. So when we first started collaborating with um, our cast and everything, it was very much, this is kind of like the final medium as well as the first part of rehearsals. Because then we did move into physical rehearsals, um, which was then we had to start filming them, even though they had a camera in front of them for the whole first part. and Everyone's had a camera in front of them for the last year. So it kind of brought (laughs) a different element to the whole development of it as well. That is fantastic, and it's it's really hard sometimes with with workshopping on Zoom because people are overlapping and things like that. But it is it is really true that if you are filming something, it ends up working out extremely well when you're just looking at someone through a, a smaller camera lens, which you would be doing anyway. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's so good that I guess a, a lockdown was like this 
a gift and this curse in its stride that it gave you the time to be able to create something you might have not previously created or might have been quite a a bit of a chunk down the line. And also you might not have had as much time to spend that time just purely on development and on workshopping. And I guess... What, oh, one of the things that does make this show so exciting was the decision to film it. And how did you guys come to that decision? Well, I think kind of from the start, it was always going to be filmed. Um, we knew that it was unrealistic to work towards an audience at, at that stage. and Yeah, especially because the whole thing started during the pandemic. So it kind of wasn't this idea we had before that we then converted, but it was kind of how can we... Actually, um, Sean Chandler from the a podcast called Your Program Is Your Ticket put it really nicely. He said that at the beginning of the pandemic, everyone was kind of... Um, flustered and panicked and putting out any kind of filmed or digital content they could but then where we're kind of now we've entered this period where everyone's learnt a lot and it continue learning and it's much more planned kind of experimental rather than just extremely reactionary so we kind of were part of that in terms of we knew we didn't want to do a Zoom thing or another thing that people have seen a hundred versions of, but we wanted to experiment with that a bit more and create an actual film, which is theatre. While we can't have theatre, but it's not a Zoom thing, it's a real thing, but it's still for everyone anywhere to watch. Yeah, it's kind of mixing the, the best of both worlds, because whilst I admit Zoom concerts and that were super innovative, and like, you know, it was still exciting, but there was just something about it because it's still Zoom. It's not necessarily yeah. the best quality filming. So there are parts where you're like, oh, you're really getting into it and enjoying it. And then it would like freeze or it would just glitch out. And you're like, and I'm completely taken away from what I was just yeah. doing. Great. So that's, and it's so exciting. And like, I've just got to say the filming quality is impeccable. Yes. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty special. Yeah, we've been so lucky to and I think something as well with COVID that we've been lucky about has been the people we've been able to work with. Are people that they're also kind of everyone involved are young emerging professional people um and they we just had this opportunity to work with these people that would have been busy, would have been doing so many other things and they were able to give their time to us which was so amazing and yeah so it's a huge a huge positive in that sense that we've been able to bring this group of people together definitely I think a COVID has done that for a lot of people and enabled a lot more creativity because people are slowing down a little bit more mm. and also people are giving to new new innovation and they want to they want to help out people who are just starting and things like that so it really helps when you're able to get really great people to help you with some projects which obviously you guys have gotten the opportunity to do and through obviously this film we see the story of a mother and daughter relationship what are some of the main themes or questions that we can expect to um see in the show i think the biggest takeaway for the the film is just realizing how important relationships are and how um your relationships change as you grow up um i think for Max, the daughter, she learns that her mum is also just a human, is also just a work in progress. And, mm. and you know, that initial um, learning, learning that initially can be really, really quite jarring and, and, and eye-opening um, and overwhelming. And I think that's where Max kind of sits at the start. But um, 
it's really important that once you kind of get through that and you can you can have a friend as well as a, a mum, it's it's really sweet. And I think that's one of my favorite takeaways from the film is just that importance of family relationships and and the importance of um, accepting that everyone has stuff going on and we're all we're all just work in progress and no one's perfect yeah I'd even add to that that a huge part of the story itself is that there isn't so much a resolution at the end obviously it's 30 minutes so we can't cover that much in general but we also very intentionally left it slightly ambiguous in that you don't know exactly what each character is going to say you don't know how they're going to close this arc but you know that they're in a good place to do that so it kind of allows a lot of people to to see their own way of how that would play out um and kind of yeah it goes back to internally their own relationships and hopefully something they can relate to in that sense definitely i think that is a really relatable concept of when you figure out that your parent is actually a human which I think we've all experienced where we're like but wait you're perfect just must be everything why are you, yeah. you know yeah you <laughs> have your own problems actually human beings yeah, yeah. You ha- what you have problems <laughs> makes sense yeah 100% <laughs> no it's it's really good and I think it's something that we've spoken about um actually just recently in our episode with um Georgie Ange and Mon from movicals which about that thing of human connection and those relationships because when lockdown happened it was kind of like I think some people didn't realize how much they did even if it was just like catching up for like a quick coffee or like seeing someone like on the train platform or something like that how much those little bits of like human connection affect you and how important they are in everyday life and when you lose that connection and yeah, that thing of nobody is perfect because I know that everybody has that, you know, oh, as if my mom doesn't have the answer to everything. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so I think that's, it's really good thing to be yeah. able to see on stage. Yeah, I'm really excited. It is. We are very excited. But I guess with, with kind of pairing these, you know, performance of stage and filming to create suddenly, I, I assume there would have been some challenges. So kind of what was the kind of any roadblocks or challenges that you faced in this creation? Yeah, hundred percent. There was, I think, I think the challenge all as a whole was navigating something that doesn't exist. Um, so, so for you, you think about theater needs to get to a, a, an emotional place, um, a, over, like an overdramatic place where someone could start singing and dancing about their feelings, you know. And 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 in film, we say less is more, you know. We we don't show us, or don't tell us, just show us, you know. So mm-hmm. how do we take the intimacy of film um, and the grandeur of theatre. Um, and, and, and I think what we really, really aimed to do was, was mould them in a way we haven't seen before. And, 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 the, and, and the challenge for us to, to get to this point was just a lot of trial and error. Like we'd film rehearsals. Um, we'd have to make sure that all of the music was um, coming from a really, really kind of genuine place to at least just to get us into that story before it can be over-dramatized as well, you know, and, and how the other, another challenge that you wouldn't necessarily think about is at the end of a song, people want to clap, but you can't clap in the film. So how do we finish songs um, that, and, and that was just all things that we had to try and figure out. And, 
and um, trial and error, you know, we just did lots and lots and lots of versions of things and, and played with it um, and really worked it in. It was all about the script, all about trying to make sure that we didn't leave audiences going, oh, wait, what's next? You know, it's boom, straight into it. Um, we didn't want anyone to feel awkwardly, oh, this is this is where we would clap if it was <laughs> live or, you know, this is yeah. where there would be a really great scene if it was just a film, you know. So um, trying to keep it satisfying for audiences as well. I think that's something our cast found really interesting or different as well was that how they weren't used to finishing a run of a song and then not worrying about the transition. We just called cut. So it was a very kind of strange element of where this is taking place in the story, what's happening after. I think they were also at the beginning a bit unsure of what's the end result going to be because we see it yeah. in our heads, but we, we we can't show it till we edit it together. So it was- yeah, I'm still not sure if they are particularly aware of what they were a part of, but um, I'm sure it'll make sense tomorrow when everyone can check it out. <laughs> Yeah, I was talking with Emma, who is the dance captain. Yeah, she, she's at uni with me. And, and she was saying when she was on, on set with it, she was like, it was fantastic. It was such a great time. But she was not sure what the end result would <laughs> yeah. be in any way. So no, and, it and was I, very... Especially even on set, like we were, we obviously cast um, like musical theatre performers. Um, and and yeah. I'm, I, I don't think many of them had been on a set before. And, and we shoot out of order, you know, we shoot in the order of what's Um, most logistical on the day and so even just telling people okay so we're filming scene three now we've just done scene five so remember we're not coming from scene five we're coming from scene two in your brains you know and it was like what you know so just trying to get used to that and then and then we also chucked them in the deep end where we only had a two-day shoot as well and we shot like 30 minutes of footage most most films will shoot maybe five minutes a day we were shooting 15 hectic days so they just took it and ran and we basically said to them we're like if it doesn't make sense just trust it just trust it and (laughs) and they did and they have delivered the most stunning performances and I think what's really amazing what I'm really excited for everyone to do is to um you know look to the other side of frame away from the lead cast on their second or third viewing and just look at all of the individual performances by our ensemble members, which are just crazy. I know one of our favourite moments in the show is um, in the middle of one of the the, the songs, um, Harry, one of the lead characters, has one of his biggest moments, but just off to the side of the frame, Emma is absolutely going for it and we wanted to just cut right in on emma which we obviously couldn't because it's his biggest moment but it just makes the all of the frames are just filled with 110 percent for the whole thing and it's it's really really exciting and i think it's such a credit to to their like incredible skills and talent that that helps make the film medium feel more theatrical and like a big stage production because if it was just the lead cast you would think oh this is much closer to a weird zoom movie but because we have the full spectacle and movement and everything and and they kill it that it looks and feels like this big fun thing and i think another another challenge was choreographing for film um, and so we brought yeah. Mia Brown on board, who's one of my friends, um, and she is is just crazy talented and had never choreographed a show before, but we knew that we needed someone who wasn't a, a musical theatre choreographer. We needed someone who was just a really unique thinker and a unique dancer, and she 
made all of these really intricate, different, contemporary, lyrical, hip-hoppy style that we haven't seen before as well. And that was really important. If we're doing a, a medium that doesn't exist, we need the the choreography to be something new as well. And I, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. It feels like something that choreographers are trying to get to in 10 years and she's doing it right now. And it's, it's, I'm, it's really exciting. And yeah, even bouncing off that again, um, that like we've all kind of seen the Hamilton pro shot and we saw the prom and we've seen these movie musicals. And I kind of always feel like when the big numbers are, it's hard to follow. Because the camera takes you here and they take you here and you kind of want this bigger sense of what's exactly happening on stage. So we were super mm. conscious of that um, in, when we were editing it and shooting it and covering it and the choreography especially making sure it was easy to follow when we move the audience over here and they're watching from this angle and they're now they're over here. Mm. So it kind of feels like a big fully connected piece. Exactly. And especially with like music theatre and and trying to pair the film with the music. It's not like you're filming a show on stage. Like, you know, when you go and like they film Phantom of the Opera, that's completely different to then a filmed musical where they've got all these massive sets and it's like in more Mm. realism. This Mm -hmm. is like a complete meld of the two, which is so innovative. And especially in Australia, I feel like it's really great to see uh, innovative Australian work and in a great, like, new, even though it, it's 30 minutes, there's there's so much to it and that it could really inspire more people to get out there and write, which is very exciting. Yeah, and look, who, who knows if it worked or not? We don't know. <laughs> I think the, be- the best thing is for everyone to just go check it out. It could be hilarious. You know, it could be terrible. But um, you need to check it I out to find so. out. <laughs> No, we're pretty happy with it. <laughs> Look, I, I can't I can't lie. I don't think it will have uh, flopped because <laughs> or just literally just the trailer. It gives you the vibe of, you know how sometimes when you get like the, the overture starts mm-hmm. at the beginning of a show and you're like, oh, you like gets yeah. you buzzing. This is what you got from a trailer, which you wouldn't normally get from a movie trailer. So already it's like you've got the buzz going. Everyone is already raving about it so i i don't think that those rave reviews are gonna stop tomorrow they're just gonna grow and get bigger (laughs) but we are gonna we're gonna break it up a little bit and we're gonna do it's not now it's not one of our usual games but we're gonna do some Uh rapid fire questions (laughs) and what I'm going to do is I'm going to spice this up a little bit. I don't know how Eliza attended, uh, intended for this to happen, but I'm going to spice it up a little bit. I'm going to count you down for each of these questions and you're going to answer at the same time. Okay. I'm so excited. <laughs> we're going to see how good of a match you are. I oh, no. <laughs> oh, this could go so horribly. <laughs> okay. So the first question is going to be best musical you've ever watched. Okay. I'm so bad. I'm going to give you a hot second and now I'm going to three, two, one, go. Finding Neverland. It didn't say anything. What? <laughs> I got too stressed. You know, that's, that's pretty on brand, I was going to say. Yeah. I, I can't be. I love it. I, I, I can't be. They're like, no, no, I don't know oh. what to say. <laughs> that's hilarious. I can't even think of the last thing I saw now. Oh my God. <laughs> It's probably been, it's probably been a hot minute, but Finding Neverland is yeah, stunning. That's 
Can, I'll, I'll say that too. Yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> Just jump on the bad wagon. Okay. The next question is going to be <laughs> your favorite go-to tech week food. Oh. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Pasta. Pasta. Oh, <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> your your go to food is boost no matter what it is. Yeah, I just always want a juice. I want a smoothie. Give it give me that. That's perfect. Yes. No, but I'm I'm Getting totally energy. I'm totally there with you, Dean. I, I, I crave it's long I days. Crave carbs. I just crave like the <laughs> meatiest food possible. That's hilarious. You gotta right. got restock for the next day. <laughs> All right. Next question is your guilty pleasure musical. Oh. Mm. I'll give you a hot minute. To yeah, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a second for this one. Pleasure. I feel like I need okay. to look through. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Johnny's got this. Okay. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. Freaky Friday. Oh, I was gonna say Mean Girls, but that makes more sense. <laughs> Yes, Freaky Friday. <laughs> You're terrible. I'm really bad at this game. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's Freaky Friday is a really interesting concept, and I can see yeah maybe why it didn't do maybe as well as it had have wanted to. Mm. But also, as like a '90s kid, I was when I saw that that was coming out, I was like, yes. Mm. Thank yes, you. Yes. I mean, I'd also say close second would be Carrie. I was going to also flopped. Yes. <laughs> Look, but, I do love Carrie. Yeah. Like, it just didn't get the life it deserved. It really didn't. It got pig's butt on it too early. <laughs> they were innovative <laughs> musicals, and maybe at some point someone can come along and give them a second life. It's definitely happened. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but there are certain shows that it just, you know, just it will, it will, it will never happen. <laughs> but it's okay. Your show is not one of them. Hey. <laughs> yeah. All right. An activity you do in your downtime. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. Three, two, one, go. Listen to music. <laughs> I don't know that. Why do we boring. both sound so <laughs> confused about it? I like Netflix sure. music. <laughs> well, I personally, I personally hate being asked what I do in my downtime. So I'm like, what do I? What is downtime considered yeah. now? We're still living in a pandemic. It's just time, oh. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We we make musicals in our downtime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just casually, just casually. Yeah, yeah. Easy. I think that's all music theatre people. I um literally my singing teacher the other day was like, you know, you need to find a hobby outside of musical theatre. <laughs> oh, no. What? What is that? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> we have no. a reading a book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> All right. So, your favorite band and or singer? Oh, I'm so, so excited. Changes. <laughs> it changes every day. Mm. I've got right. to go. I've got to go. Okay. okay. Three, two, one, go. Jordy Race, Coldry. Oh, very funny. Oh, <laughs> that's that's funny. funny. It took me a second then. The name was so long. I was like, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? <laughs> Yeah, yes. Go check out his music. It's very, very good. <laughs> I mean, I thought my answer was better. I said Lord, so I think <laughs> one of I think she wins. I had I had Mad Lord days where I would just sing Lord all the time. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, I've got a poster. 
Incredible. <laughs> All right, this is this is the final question. Ooh. Your favorite film. Oh. <laughs> There are so many. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just what gets me. And we can't say silently. I feel like that's out of the question. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm good. All right. Uh, help me. Think <laughs> okay, um, I'm putting the pressure on. You've got this. I really can't think. I don't know what's wrong okay. with me. It's going to be the first thing that comes Did to your mind. Out. All right, ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Lana Montana. <laughs> I think they're both pretty good. We yeah. like we like Disney. We'll yeah, we'll lock that in. We'll lock that in. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was love such it. a mad Hannah Montana fan. Oh <laughs> my god! I saw that movie for my birthday one year. Mm. What do you mean one year? I usually just watch oh, well... it every year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic, guys! That was... They were really great answers, and now the audience gets to know you guys a little bit better. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm sorry, Montana I feel like I ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> no, and kind of similarly to what we just kind of did, um, what are some of your music, film, or theatre inspirations that have helped shape your journey as filmmakers and creatives? I, you, you go. I here. think speaking of guilty pleasures, Jordy should talk about <laughs> Freaky Friday a little bit. Yeah, well, um, the, coming up with the the score for suddenly was a unique challenge because it's like I write pop music and I knew I didn't want to just do pop music for for theater um because you know that exists and that's still being developed by a lot of people and and I think the jury's still out on how how effective pop music can be um for music theater um but Mm. so I kind of wanted to sit in like the land of pop rock um guilty pleasures like you know um (laughs) Freaky Friday and Heather's like that kind of stuff. Um, But then I think another really big inspiration for us um, in terms of like, especially for me and and Ned Wright Smith, who was our arranger orchestrator and music supervisor with me, he um, and I were really interested in the two recordings of the prom, um, the Broadway show and the movie and what Mm -hmm. techniques they did to translate the live show into cinema. So like a lot of the, the times where you get like a kind of a hit, they then multiply it with a big cinematic hit or whenever they'd have a bass line, they chuck it on three different bases for the film or instead of two violins, they'll put seven violins and they'll do a special technique, you know? So we're kind of looking at, okay, so if this is the, the Broadway version, you get all the thrill from it, just from it being live. How do you convey that thrill into a recorded medium? Um, like into, into, into the soundtrack. That is really interesting. I love the, I feel like doing that level of research really translates because if someone does it well or you can see how they can change a musical to be on film, that's like a great medium to be able to study from and to make sure that you feel you've got it right. You know, you're, you're like, oh, this is, this is, this is where we're going. Yeah. And there's a little bit of framework, even though you guys are working completely outside of the framework, there's a little yeah. bit of inspiration you can take from 100%. The There's like, there's so much energy you get from when something's live. So I think making sure you still feel that even though you're watching this on YouTube was, was yeah, a big challenge that, that they really stepped up to because the music is incredible. <laughs> That's amazing. And I think it's, 
yeah, it really have melded those two separate worlds together where you do get the opportunity to see, you know, filmed productions and then movie musicals and you've created some weird, amazing creation in, <laughs> in the middle of those t- two things, which is crazy. But obviously you guys are like a collaborative writing team. What was the creative process like when working collaboratively on this show together? Um, I think it was interesting because we've known each other for a long time and always thrown out random ideas like this for a long time. Um, but this was kind of like, I think because of COVID and everything, we both had this time where we were able to actually, let's just see what happens if we do take it further. Um, yeah. And because we started on Zoom as well, when we really got into the script and everything, it was very like, I guess I can't really speak to what other people's creative processes are, but ours was very conversational, talking through the characters, making sure it seemed really authentic and kind of, um, we definitely started from the characters and how they felt and where that would take them for music to where they would ha- that would have to be weaved back in to the story and where their next move as a character would go. I think the the film's kind of held up by these kind of four pillars that we get, the four songs. And for me, coming from it, being able to write for someone and, and writing a song from someone's perspective, you really kind of get into the nuances of 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 that that character in a really accelerated way. And 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 Dean hearing each of those demos and each of the steps and all of that was really keyed in on that as well. And so then when we were writing the the scenes, it was really a matter of structure for us and, and making sure that our structure was really tight and was really strong and each beat was satisfying. Um, and then also starting off, we pretty much started off writing in the most terrible form, just being like, this is what they are thinking, this is what they are saying. Then we'd, t- I think we'd we tear actually, it back. We even started writing the script in a PowerPoint. Like we were just amazed. <laughs> we were just trying to get a story out there, so we both knew what was happening. Yeah, and once and once we once we had that, you know, bare bare bones, then we could start stripping it back and adding, you know, like nuance and and um, intentions and you know, like all of that stuff. But we also were really fortunate that we, I mean, I love to work to deadlines, but we also didn't have a deadline, which meant we had the time to to really just kind of get it right. Yeah. The deadlines really came when we decided, okay, let's do this. Let's start casting. And of course, when you bring other people on, we have to make sure it's a thing that they want to be attached to, that they can know how long and everything it's going to be. So that was kind of when we were like, if we find more people, it's going to be real. Now we put in these dates and everything to, to make it happen. That is fantastic. And obviously there's going to be people listening in on this episode who want to write their own musical or produce their own musical. Do you guys have any advice for them? My biggest piece of advice. I mean, I feel like we, uh, we, we, we've barely even finished our first one. So, so I, I feel, I feel a bit, um, a bit iffy about giving someone else advice, but I do think that my biggest piece of advice would be, just start like so many people say to me especially they'll be like oh like I've always wanted to write or I've always wanted to blah blah blah. it's like just do it and and the only the only way you'll get better is by doing it you won't get better just because you've got a good idea or and you won't get better just because you want to be good at it um the more you do the better and if you start writing and throw something away that's fine as well you don't have to finish anything unless you want to finish it and I think giving yourself 
the freedom to do that is important. And then the second part to that is also as creatives, we are, you know, the writer and the editor as well a lot of the time. And and I think people need to really allow themselves to not be the editor until they finish something. You know, we're often we're editing as we're coming up with an idea and it's it can stop um, the idea from from developing before it even has legs, you know. So I think they're my two my two big takeaways that we've learned from this experience. I'd kind of add to that, that like find some friends, talk to your friends, get more people involved. Like people will want to be a part of something you're passionate about. And when you have friends, if you have friends that are kind of in that same world or interested in the same thing, they'll easily jump on. And it's so much better when you have more people to collaborate with and throw things around between each other. Um, Yeah. And people want to help and are keen to, to get, onboard new projects like this so yeah i reckon like talk to your friends and yeah get yeah make it bigger than yourself i think is a great way to to make sure that things keep moving if you kind of feel like i'll start this but i don't know what happens but um yeah if you make it bigger than yourself it will become bigger in general (laughs) yeah definitely i think i that does make sense in a lot of ways because it's if you don't take that leap and reach out to those people you never know the full potential of what you have and what you're able to achieve so those are that's some really great advice for any writers (laughs) out there who are also wanting to write their own things we need to get more aussie musical theater so come on everyone (laughs) and i know it's probably hard to pick just one favorite but what would you say some of your favorite parts of developing this film have been i think for me it's like I, I, as a pop musician, I spend all my time by myself in my studio writing for me and, and then putting it out, you know. And I think watching other people, sorry, watching other people take songs I've written and sing them and make them their own has been like pretty epic. And um, it, it, yeah, it kind of, it kind of, you step back and and we've had a few moments where you're just kind of like, wow, this is, this is really special. And watching, especially on set when you have so many people and you're watching each person just do their one little bit. And you're like, I remember when we were just chatting about this, like in a car ride somewhere, you know? So like, it's, it's, it's those moments that make it really special. And it's, it's really hard. We had so many moments that were really tricky and, and that it felt like it was just not going to work. It was such a crazy medium. It, what were we trying to do? Um, but then, you know, when you get that light at the end of the tunnel and you get to have those moments along the way of, wow, this is really special, it really it really makes it worth it. Yeah, I think as well, just like being able to see everyone on set as it was happening and filming and just being able to kind of acknowledge. And I was just so blown away by the people that came on board because we ended up having, we have a cast of 21 and then we had a crew of similar, like more, I think. We had about 50 people on set. Um, at the time so it was just so incredible to kind of sit back and see this machine that we'd created in motion um and yeah and just felt so special and we're so grateful to everyone who came on board to to help us with that that is absolutely Mm -hmm. fantastic now where do you this is our last question for the day (laughs) and i think it's a really important one so where do you guys hope to see the musical in the future yeah i think that as the story itself, it's kind of very much this piece is kind of mm-hmm. what the the 
the outcome is sure it could be extended it could grow into other things but this the, is the show's done yeah this is very much the <laughs> yeah. this is suddenly this is the show but i think in terms of the future i think where i hope and want to see it is um the the sheet music in people's audition books and the the songs yeah. on people's phones and everyone just kind of being able to enjoy what exists already and what's been made and i think there's a lot of potential in the music especially um to be to be enjoyed for a lot bigger a lot longer than just the, the 30 minutes that you watch it on youtube and I, I I hope to see it um uploaded all correctly onto YouTube so everyone can watch it. <laughs> <laughs> we love that. We love that. No, that's that's amazing. And I think I, I completely get what you mean when you say it. it's kind of it is done. It's kind of in its place that you want it to be. Yeah. Um. And I guess I think we're really excited to see what <laughs> either you as a team or you guys both individually create and work on in the future because obviously you've already created this masterpiece of theatre obviously we're yet to see it but it is <laughs> well like, at least we can say the trailer is a masterpiece <laughs> so we're really really excited but our kind of final segment of the day and I'm sure there's something fun to talk about is um, a segment called bedtime stories so it's show mishaps you know costume malfunctions anything like that <laughs> do you guys either you each have one you have one collectively you're laughing which is a good time yeah <laughs> I, I have one that could be yeah I'll, I'll just start I don't want to give any spoilers it's, yeah um, no spoilers. <laughs> so um Jordi and I were involved in a production of Les Mis I think this was two years ago now. this is so bad um Jordi was Andras yeah and I had to like I had to I drank so much water anyway anyway <laughs> that was Jordi <laughs> and I don't remember my character's name. But it was the one that sings Drink With Me and gets really upset when Gavroche dies. Um, that guy. Oh. Um, yeah. Yes. yeah. Does it start with a B or something? I can't remember. I think it's something with a C, maybe? I should know. Anyway, oh. um, we, Drink With Me. Oh, we yeah. were in our um, final tech dress rehearsal and Drink With Me starts and it's kind of like I was getting very nervous, very excited. It was my, my big moment in the show. Um, <laughs> and as I start singing my part, the, the creative team at the back of the theatre just burst out laughing. And I was like, did I do something wrong? Like, are they laughing at me? What's mm. happening? And they were just like really gorgeous, like um, like rain effects coming through the So um, then Jordy walks back on stage and we realize he's been in the toilet and his mic was left on during my line. <laughs> so they had just burst out laughing because they could hear Jordy on the toilet. Yeah. It was a really nice experience for oh. all of us. <laughs> embarrassing at all it's, i don't have PTSD from it it's fine I, I can never sing even... solo again and jordy can never go to the toilet <laughs> i love that you have this incredible stage door uh stage moment together as well Literally. like it's in so layers of all things it's very serious it's like it's a serious show <laughs> You know when people swear backstage and it's like, well, they like talk and their mic is mm. on. It's even worse because you're hearing everything. But the worst part about it was like the fact that Dean didn't even realize what was going on and just saw everyone laughing. I just they were laughing at me. It's like that nightmare that just doesn't, you yeah. can't wake up. Live theater. Oh, live theater. We love live it. Live theater. <laughs> but that was an amazing bedtime story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Like I was saying, Thank you so much for taking the time to come on and chat to us today. We are so excited to see this. Guys, 
suddenly a new short musical drops tomorrow on YouTube. You can subscribe to their YouTube so and turn on that little bell notification so you get notified when it goes live. Um, so it's just suddenly a new short musical on YouTube. And of course, don't forget to follow Geordie and Dean. So Geordie is Geordie.RaceColdry on Instagram. And we also have Dean.Guild yeah. on Instagram. So don't forget to follow them both. And obviously, Suddenly the Musical, which is just Suddenly Musical on Instagram. Because, you know, it's exciting. We're excited to see where this goes. We're excited. We're so excited to see the final product tomorrow, obviously. Thank you so We've much. seen the trailers. Everyone's seen the trailers. We are so pumped to see <laughs> The actual work, because like you said, there's only so much you can give away in a little <laughs> So we're really excited. So thank you so much for coming on today, guys. Thanks so much for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Best of luck. Thank you. We're so excited for everyone to see it. We are, we are we so are excited too. to be able to watch it. But... <laughs> Thank you so much again for being here today, guys. And everybody, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check out Suddenly. It is dropping tomorrow, the 30th of April. So don't forget to give it a like, leave a comment, support them, share their work. Um, But until next time, stay happy, healthy and safe. And we will see you then. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.